Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Perkins Platform. This is a solutions-oriented talk radio podcast. Each month, and now we've been a little more than each month, but usually on each month, we dedicate about 30 minutes to explore contemporary issues and solutions in education leadership, and this is your host, Brian Perkins. I know every time I start the show, I, I say I am so excited. I am Um, to have this special guest, where today is no exception, and I'm probably even more excited. Um, We have with us today uh, the principal of the Baltimore Collegiate School for Boys, uh, Mr. Archie Tyson. Welcome, Archie. Thank you. Thank you so much. I I definitely appreciate uh, the invite. I appreciate uh, being here and having the opportunity to uh, talk a little bit more about my school and uh, highlight uh, what's happening with our boys and our boys yeah. are 100% our focus. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you. So let me, let me just pause for a moment. And I, I have to um, in this moment in, in fair disclosure to the audience and to our listeners. Um, and by the way, to our faithful listeners, thank you for coming in and, and listening. Welcome back for being a part of the family and to the new listeners. We're glad to have you. Um, I I have to disclose that, um, and I rarely have anyone who has been a former uh, student uh, or or has been in or currently in the program with us uh, on the show. But today, um, I'm really proud to say that um, I have uh, on the show, and and Archie is a a graduate of the program that I direct, the Summer Principals Academy at uh, Teachers College at Columbia University, and he's a graduate. But Archie isn't just a uh, kind of just a graduate of the program. Archie uh, and I have a special relationship because Archie was my intern during the time uh, that he was in the program. And um, at the time, Archie was uh, an intern at, I want to say, a middle school. If I correct me, I know it's been a lot of years now. But as I recall, it was a middle school um, in in uh, the Mississippi Delta, in this small, small place, reminded me of my uh, hometown in Alabama. But he's from this. He he was uh, um, a a school leader um, at the start of his career in this very small place called Lake Village, Arkansas. And I know you might be saying Arkansas, but it was right on the <laughs> Mississippi River, right? It was right on the Mississippi River. And I told Archie, I had. Um, I used to fly into Memphis, and I would drive over to uh, do site visits with Archie in Arkansas, not too far away. Um, But they had the absolute best catfish I ever had in my life. So it's Lake Village, Arkansas, not that anybody necessarily wants to drive there, but if you're ever in the area, you got to go to Lake Village and and have some of their catfish they are right on the mississippi river and so the mississippi has some of the best catfish anyway but i digress um i i I, uh, yeah and so 
Um, so in the, may, the way of disclosure, I just wanted to say uh, I'm proud of Archie, um, and uh, he is a shining example of uh, the kinds of leaders that our program prepares. And so um, uh, going straight to, uh, you know, Archie, it's been, a, it's been a while since we caught up, and I know you're doing some really great things. I always keep my eye on you, though. I, I know that you made your way to New York and actually teamed up with another one of our graduates to start a charter school, or actually not a charter school, but a new school in New York City. Um, and you've been to Memphis, um, started a, a KIPP school in Memphis. And now here you are, you've landed at the Baltimore Collegiate School for Boys. Um, when, I, when I thought about uh, today's show and planning for having a guest, uh, following last week's show where we had uh, some young black boys talk about the experiences that they were having um, currently and some in the past. I thought about um, having someone come on and of course uh, you came to mind knowing that you had this new role at the Baltimore Collegiate School. And um, I know that your school, if not 100% African-American boys, probably close to it, um, has a lot of programming going on. Um, and so I'd like, and, I, and I've had a lot of people who have written already and say, I can't wait to hear from Archie uh, in this week's show. And so I've taken up a lot of time already, just an introduction. But first, I'd like you to tell us a little bit about the school, what your focus is, and why, why did you decide to go to Baltimore uh, with, this, with this endeavor of educating boys in the inner city? You've had. Whoops, I think we, uh, I lost you there for a minute, Archie. Um, I'm sorry, can you start again? I lost you there for a minute. Yeah, I appreciate the introduction, and I think it's uh, very important to pay homage to the journey that you've uh, had both professionally and uh, personally over your career. And I'm still very much in touch with uh, my students and uh, many of the uh, people that I knew down in Lake Village, Arkansas. And I'm, I'm always touched when I get uh, notes uh, from. Uh, these these adults that were once my eighth graders that I first taught as a uh, uh, as a teacher down there on Lake Village there so I, I appreciate the introduction uh, and again I do uh, I, I've had an interesting journey so uh, getting to Baltimore um, kind of goes back to when I first applied as a Teach for America Corps member I literally listed on the application send me where no one else wants to go and I ended mm. up in a small town in Arkansas and and loved it I. I skipped out on going to law school uh, because I loved working with young people, and I, I felt that uh, I, I had a bit of a muddled path getting to college and getting to graduate school, and I thought that I could do my part in ensuring that um, uh, people that look like me had a deliberate path. Uh, and mm -hmm. that's what, that, that sentiment is what brought me to Baltimore. That sentiment uh, is what uh, pushed me to Hope to help other core members open schools and uh, go down into the Delta and go into Memphis there. So uh, I packed up uh, my family with a one-year-old daughter and a three-month-old son and moved to Baltimore because I very much thought uh, it's the front line of, um, of, of education uh, in regards to uh, black males. Uh, as, as I started sort of kind of 
reading over statistics uh, about black male education in Baltimore, and I'm not a very emotional person, but I, I literally started tearing up a bit and said, okay, I need to be there. Uh, New York mm-hmm. City and other places have so many more uh, individuals like myself that are there, um, and people are a little bit reluctant to go into areas where there there is a ton of work to, to do uh, just to – maybe get caught up to uh, an imaginary uh, line of success for black boys. Uh, so just thinking about my school, uh, we we have 480 boys. I do have one white boy, uh, and he loves his school more than anything else and uh, has an amazing experience at school. But we, we are a school that uh, primarily serves uh, black and brown boys uh, in Baltimore City. And uh, from all over the city, and we're we're a bit different than uh, the typical public schools. We're public charter, uh, but at our core, uh, we want our boys to not just conquer a test, uh, as so many of our schools uh, put in front of our boys and teach to a test. We we really want our boys to come out with some very tangible outcomes of thinking critically, reason analytically, communicate clearly, and be able to solve problems. Uh, and, and we go about our work every day trying to instill those outcomes in our graduates. And, of course, we have key virtues that uh, I can talk about. But I think those four outcomes are probably the most important thing that we want to be able to instill in our boys. And mm-hmm. we're, 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 we're playing around with the idea of adding a, a fifth, which is cultivate agency there. So uh, mm. we're, we're – we're we're a school that uh, we're unafraid uh, of saying that we're unapologetically uh, a black institution of excellence, and we're unapologetically about the development of uh, black boys and black men. So it's not just about mm-hmm. the boys in our school. Uh, we have uh, probably a higher concentration of, of black male teachers and black male leaders in the school, and that's uh, very deliberate uh, because mm. we do feel that our boys need to learn from individuals who look uh, and sound mm-hmm. like them. Mm-hmm. Uh, our boys need mm-hmm. to learn from individuals that uh, are able to put on a suit and put on a shirt, tie and bow tie and go into the boardroom, but then also mm-hmm. be able to come to school on Friday in their jeans and Jordans uh, and shake hands and uh, uh, know that it's okay to be your be yourself. So uh, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're a bit of a different school out there in Baltimore though. Sure, sure. Well, you know, I was glad to hear you uh, mention, of course, I'm, I'm smiling. Um, I don't know if you can hear it through the through the uh, speaker, but I'm smiling because I was glad to hear you mention things like um, the critical thinking and the problem solving skills. Um, you know, the, the whole world right now literally is talking about uh, black men um, and talking about the the pathway uh, that black men have had to navigate. And so I just want before we get into kind of the academic aspect of this, I want to, I want to start with, um, some of the soft skills and I, I, I call them soft skills cause I don't know any other way to frame them that are not mm-hmm. just, uh, the academic cognitive pieces of what we we get in schools typically, but we're talking about you. You mentioned agency, and a lot of times it's the things that I talk. I think about in terms of affect, um, um, presence, 
Um, I know some people have used words like grit and determination. Mm-hmm. Um, what What do you do exactly? Because see, what I what I had hoped, and I and I and I know that you you won't hesitate to share what you are doing. But I I what I hope is that there are people out there listening that will uh, hear a few of the ingredients in the secret sauce, so to speak to put in education for black boys. And, uh, and, and I want to point out, um, obviously, just as you said, unapologetically, that this is about the emphasis. This is not excluding anybody, but this is really about the emphasis that you're placing on the education of black boys. So if you could speak just a little bit to um, the, the soft skills that they, that you're, the things that you're doing to help them acquire those skills. Uh, absolutely. Um, so, uh, a couple of things. Um, one, we're we're definitely unapologetic about trying to simultaneously close the the academic gaps, but then also do something about the the injury gap that happens in education. And what I mean by the injury gap. Uh, for those listening, uh, we know about the black-white achievement gap in uh, math and ELA, but the injury gap is if we don't teach our boys to uh, solve problems and to be a presence in their communities, well, you you make great grades, and then you go off to college and bomb, or you make great grades, and you move uh, so far outside of your community or don't make a contribution to your community that uh, what was the large point in uh, uh, um, I don't want to say educated you in the first place, but what what was the point of making you an A student if you're not going to take that that A uh, and fight for housing in your community or run for political office in your community or uh, fight to ensure that people have access to uh, adequate health care or uh, fight to ensure that your local neighborhoods uh, are not food deserts. Uh, so we know that there is an injury gap that's out there, and any educational institution that's not uh, seeking to address the injury gap and only wanted to make mm-hmm. education. I said this. And I said this on stage at Columbia. I don't know if you remember it. I said to me, schools are a socializing institutions. Sure, uh, sure. Having a strong having a strong academic education is uh, certainly a part of uh, your socialization process. But schools at heart are are institutions that socialize you to become a uh, a young citizen of a given society. Uh, so uh, values are are absolutely important. So we we think about we think critically about uh, uh, what values we want to instill in our boys every day, uh, and we and we push those values hard. We think about integrity. We think about wisdom. We think about courage, compassion, and resilience. Uh, mm-hmm. All of that sounds nice and good, but our our, our kind of secret sauce. Um, is, is, is a process that we started. And I don't know what school uh, our founder, uh, Jack Pinnell, or uh, one of our deans, uh, Mr. Evan Singleton, uh, stole or borrowed this from. And, uh, but it's an activity called Caleb. It's something that uh, flows throughout our school, which is knowing and loving every boy. Um, we start mm-hmm. with loving our kids hard during staff development. Uh, I start my new teachers by getting them on a bus, and we're going to go around Baltimore City, and you're going to see and experience the neighborhoods that your kids are in. So Mm -hmm. you know that they catch a bus two hours from some of the most dangerous neighborhoods in the country to see you, 
that you're, you, you understand the importance of why it's fully prepared. You need to be fully prepared with your lesson plan, mm-hmm. uh, really, really tight and what you're doing in school because they're literally passing 10 schools to come to you. Right, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. so we, we, mm-hmm. we just start with knowing, just knowing and loving every boy. I think mm-hmm. another part uh, that sets us apart, and I, I don't even have to jump on the academic side, something that sets us apart in our mission uh, is that we say uh, we, we want to train our boys to lead and serve not only their community, nation, and world, and we take the world part very seriously. Uh, so some mm-hmm. people, I, I, gave a, I gave a speech the other year uh, at our Thai ceremony, and I uh, I can talk a little bit later about what our tie ceremony is with uh, rituals there, but um, I said we're not crazy. We will mm-hmm. take a group of black boys from West Baltimore, East Baltimore, uh, and we'll send them to Australia for six weeks with mm-hmm. one of our partner schools mm-hmm. and give them mm-hmm. an entirely different experience. And I don't care if you have an IEP or not. Uh, we're going to send you because we need for you to develop. Uh, and see yourself as a global citizen, a citizen of a larger, larger society, a larger world. I need for you to go to London and feel as if you own the world, and 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 you deserve and you should be there. So uh, we 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 push very hard to ensure that all of our uh, boys by eighth grade uh, have traveled internationally. Uh, have wow. and have traveled internationally. So we've taken kids to uh, the UK. We've taken kids uh, to Australia. We've taken kids to Canada. Uh, this year, we were so pained uh, to not be able to take kids to South Africa. Uh, but we very much have a vision uh, uh, of boys being on every every continent uh, and having a passport uh, and and saying, "Hey, if I have a job in Dublin." I'm going to take that job right? mm-hmm. and not be afraid, mm-hmm. and not be afraid as, as, as so many people, uh, and I'll just be specific, so many uh, black men in our community are afraid to say, you know what, I'll go to Abu Dhabi. I'll go to Dubai and take a job because, hey, I'm not afraid of this larger world. I've been there. I've been somewhere before, uh, and I see myself as a global citizen. So that's mm-hmm. very much a part of our recipe very much a uh, part of the DNA of our school is this idea of global citizenship, uh, and we very much want uh, our boys to have a passport and develop that independence. No parents sure. on these trips. Ah, no okay, so, okay. I'm talking, so, I'm talking to black parent, and well, I'm kind of laughing at myself because I have to do it. So I'm talking to black parent of a kid who has an IEP. Uh, uh, and you know who 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 have all these traditional stigmas. We put kids like these and talking them into saying, "Hey, you know what? I, I kind of want to send your son to the Valley of the Kangaroos in Australia and send him to <laughs> college uh, in Australia sure. for 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 six weeks in the summer." And you know that first dumbfounded look, a parent is looking like, "Okay, so we heard you were crazy. <laughs> now this confirms it." And I'm like, "No, no, 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 no. no. Walk, walk with me here." Listen to me here. And when their son comes back from Australia, they have this interesting perspective of of, of everything from policing. I remember being sure, uh, sure. at uh, at uh, Windsor Castle with our boys. Uh, uh, maybe I'll send you this pitch later on. Uh, uh, Windsor Castle with our boys, and they just kind of ask, well, "Why don't the police have have guns in London, and why is the police so nice here?" Like we go in the mm-hmm, stores mm-hmm. here, and like with it's ten of us. 
and they were kind of terrified to go in a store in London, and we were like, just go, and they were like, well, people weren't following us. So it's, it's nothing like going somewhere else and uh, experiencing the world for yourself and being able to come home and draw your own conclusions. That's uh, right. And think, That's critically right. About, think critically about your experience and say, you know, hey, it's it's a much larger world than just uh, uh, to quote my my rap friend, my block. Uh, right, so that's right. That's, that, I think that those are two just critical. I think just knowing and loving every boy, uh, and 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 global citizenship are two uh, key components to kind of our sauce. And we're still borrowing and and gleaning ideas and extrapolating ideas and. Um, uh, processes and, and uh, schools from all over all over the world. We're one of the probably the only public charter school that's a part of the International Boys School Coalition. So we've we've been able to get access to uh, some amazing partners, not just all over the country, but all over the the world. Uh, and sure, we, we sure. work with we work with a little bit of everyone, just trying to figure out this recipe for. Uh, black male success, and I—I I, I know I've rambled on a little bit, but I think the last no, no, it's, it's, no, no, you've done fine. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I think mm-hmm. the thing that sets us apart probably last is like we 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 think very critically about our rituals um, at our school and things like our tie ceremony, where we'll line up uh, four or five hundred uh, uh, black boys with their fathers, sons, uncles, mentors. Uh, uh, cousins uh, and to African drums, and we all go in an auditorium and do a very uh, uh, formal tie ceremony where uh, these men get to put the ties on their sons. It's not that the women don't women don't play a role uh, in that ceremony, but uh, we just need to we think very critically about how to uh, restore uh, pride, dignity, and honor in our boys and our men. Uh, and we, 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 we have a set of rituals that we do throughout the year just to make sure that they feel absolutely special, they feel absolutely seen, heard, and that they connect with uh, men. Because it will take black men to also make sure that uh, black boys come along. I quote Tupac, it's not easy for a woman trying to raise a man. And I think that there's something to learn from your mother and father. And oftentimes in elementary schools and middle schools, like you have the one coach that's there. But not in my school. You have a plethora of choices and models to choose uh, uh, in the school. No, that that's wonderful. No, not at all. I mean, I, I, I'm sure there are a lot of people out there that are uh, taking um, copious notes of what you're saying. Um, one of the things that resonates so with me, as you may remember, I, I've often said to you, we have to be intentional and deliberate about what we set out to do. And it sounds like that you're saying things like we want, if you can't just say things like we want our children, and in this case, we want our boys to have a sense of, of, um, of presence and, and confidence uh, without giving them opportunities to, to have that, um, to experience that. And so um, I, I commend you for that. I think 
um, just hearing you, there's so many things I just was jotting down, but something that definitely uh, resonates with me is just your use of the word unapologetic, that um, you are, you are uh, teaching hard, you're loving hard. Um, you are making sure that um, these these boys have excellent experiences. Um, I, I laughed along with you um, years ago, early in my career, um, when I was in New Haven, uh, we took um, uh, 18 high school kids to Zimbabwe for a month. Um, and a lot of people thought we were crazy then too. Um, and it was a mixed group of kids, but what I, what I, I think happened, and it's interesting, Every now and then when I'm visiting New Haven, um, I would run into these kids. And I remember one day I ran into one um, at the train station and he said, he, he just ran up to me and hugged me. He was like, do you remember me? He's like, of course, I remember you. But he went on to start talking about the ways in which just that travel experience changed his life. You know, I would imagine in East Baltimore and West Baltimore um, that, there are a lot of children that don't get to leave Baltimore. Um, I know it's hard for some people to even imagine, um, but we have kids, and I'm sure when you were in Brooklyn, you remember this, is that uh, there were kids who lived in Brooklyn and had never seen the Empire State Building over in Manhattan. They had spent their entire lives in Brooklyn and never left Brooklyn. And it's the same way for kids in the South Bronx and all over uh, America, where they are, they are the only thing they know is their neighborhood, and so it's really difficult to um, to get a world perspective. And when we say we want them to compete, um, we want them to be global citizens. And I've seen a lot of schools adopt these slogans and mottos, and but it just really feels like you're taking it the next step. You're making it action oriented. And so um, now I also didn't hear you say all you got to do is. I also didn't hear that. I know it's difficult. Tell us a little bit about just some of the struggles you've had. I mean, you mentioned that some of it was kind of convincing parents, shifting mindsets among parents. But what about others? What about, I mean, I, I'm sure you have a very supportive board, um, but what, I mean, what about others? What are some of the, the challenges you've had to face um, to do these courageous things for black boys? I think um, our, our boys, and I, and I know this sounds dreamy, but our boys are, are absolutely amazing. And they just, uh, I don't know, it's something about like they have a choice. So they come to our school and they kind of they come, come to us uh, with this raw fearlessness that we have to cultivate. And I would think that, that would, sometimes that's a barrier that kids are afraid to, uh, we're going to take you to uh, Eaton College, which is uh, for listeners out there, uh, you know, this is where Prince Harry and crew go to school. This is where we're going to take you to Eaton College and you're going to go and sit in classes with students at Eaton College. Uh, you won't have the tuxedos that they wear to in gowns they wear to class uh, but you have your car <laughs> school blazer uh and mm -hmm. you're gonna not be intimidated and you got to answer questions and you got to see that uh there's and i'll always get back to uh something you just just branded in my brain uh at columbia uh 
uh, is that, you know, it's, it's not a matter of uh, intelligence. It's a matter of preparation. So uh, you're going to see that you're just as intelligent as anyone else. Uh, and uh, if we've done our job, we've, we've prepared you. Uh, so students, our boys are not so much, uh, I think, a barrier. I think our parents certainly have some old fears that we have to push and uh, conquer. Uh, our board is super supportive. Our teachers are always stoked because we, we definitely take our teachers in travel. And it's kind of a part of the benefit of, uh, of being a, a staff member at Baltimore Collegiate. Uh, but I think probably our largest challenge is just uh, you would think that people – would be beating down our doors uh, to figure out how they can help, uh, given some of the grim statistics in Baltimore City. You know, we commissioned a study uh, from 2010 to 2006 to 2016, where in 2006 you had about uh, just over 3,100 males start high school in Baltimore City. About four years later in 2010, you had about 52% of those males, those black males, they graduated in four years. So that's, that, that already makes you want to cry. Uh, mm-hmm. By the time you get to the the, the spring of, of 2016, which that's giving you six years to get a two- or four-year degree, out of that original 3,100 like males, we're talking 216 received mm-hmm. a degree in six years. And if we, we, mm-hmm. if we disaggregate that data, which uh, your class pushed me to the data limit, <laughs> Uh, for the about, uh, the but if we disaggregate that data for selected schools, uh, it, it, it gets even scarier. So mm-hmm. 216, 216 uh, students receive degrees in a, in a city with well over 300 and something murders. So you would think that the business community and other communities, uh, the faith community, would be knocking down our door given that uh, we're, we're, we, we have 500 boys. Uh, under our guidance, and we are trying to give them experiences, but that, that's 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 not the case. So I think mm. that a part of a part of our challenge is um, helping the community uh, refocus their lens and refocus their vision of uh, of who and what Black boys from the inner city, and specifically inner city Baltimore, are capable of. Um, you know, it shocks some people when we go to places and say, you took boys to Eden College? Mm-hmm. And you took mm-hmm. them to the King Edward School, and not only took them to the school, but our founder, he's, he's a bit radical, he had families from the King Edward School host our boys, not in mm-hmm. dorms, but in their homes. In their homes, so I takes, guess. In their homes. So it takes a lot of courage to have uh, these little black boys that you, 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 you like to, to place them in, in, in people's homes across the ocean and say, okay, we're fine with it and they're going to be okay. And, you know, we have a lot of mindsets that there in our community that place limits on what they think is possible uh, for our boys. And that's just something that we just have to combat every day. Uh, right. And it, 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 it is a, a shame um, and it, it's, a, it's a reality there. So I, I say, like, my parent community, you know, they give you the crazy look first, but they're like, okay, uh, we're going to go <laughs> with you because we, we know that, uh, you know, uh, if so-and-so, if, 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 if Darrell isn't doing what he's supposed to do in math, like, you're going to, you know, you're going to drop the hammer on him and he'll come to the house or Dean Allen or someone will come to the, come to the house. Uh, so 
not that's not so much a barrier, but I just think giving the financial backing mm-hmm. to support giving giving boys giving our boys the type of experiences uh, that will carry them far and beyond. So we get sure. to the UK. It's not just we don't just go see the bridge and go see the sites. No, we take our boys to Google UK and and have them sit with some of the top uh, black Google executives there in the UK. I'm talking to our boys are like, hey, they didn't even come in in shirts and ties. Yeah, see, when you get that far off the food chain, you just come mm-hmm. in in hoodie and jeans because <laughs> uh, you don't mm-hmm. have to come in in a shirt and tie, right? Uh, and having them, interact, having them interact with people, you know, so, uh, yeah, so I think that's probably our largest. You know, we have some generous supporters, but I, I would just say, you know, you would think people would be beating down the doors of a school that's in a place like Baltimore to say, hey, how can I help? And unfortunately, we seem to get more help from our international partners and some of our partners that are in other places than we we get from the local community. Because I don't know any local school, and somebody please take me up on this if you're listening, that, that's willing to partner with us that will allow us to uh, uh, bring our boys to a visit to you and you have your family room 15 to 20 black boys with you for two to three nights. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, like we we can't find a school here that will do that. But if we travel sure. to the UK or go to Canada, then all of a sudden it's a possibility. So oh, I think sure. it's just combating some of some of the, the 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 barriers that people place around their own mindsets about the that's right uh, of boys is is so important that we just unapologetically just reject it. No, like yeah. we'll find a way, and our, and our boys deserve. Uh, uh, to to have the best, not just internationally, but you know the best teachers in front of them, and um, you know be unapologetic about uh, what we do academically as well. So, mm-hmm. well, that's that's absolutely great, and that's commendable. So I, I'm already I'm just telling you now. I don't know what where we're gonna be in in September when school is supposed to start again, but you rest assured, whenever. Um, you get cranked back up and you and I, we, we're, we're going to have um, some more conversations offline here. Um, I got some people I want to introduce you to. Um, you know, Michael Jordan just uh, pledged $100 million. Um, and okay. I, I think, I think uh, you, you should be in line to get some of that. Um, so, um, we, we'll, but we'll talk offline to this. And I know um, just looking, you know, I'm already got the signal that uh, we, we've already exceeded our time, but I, I, I do have, I want to take um, a moment because I, I think it would be a disservice um, to not address this, this last thing. And I, I really appreciate your time and I know it must be difficult um, um, at this time for you as well, is that um, you know, as I said at the beginning, we have the entire world looking at um, the way black men have been treated um, and in most cases undereducated, overjudicated um, in our in our country. And the world is watching. And and so we have not just with the death of uh, George Floyd, um, we have. Uh, it, what have felt like insurmountable obstacles at times um, to overcome. And, and so 
I, I just want to know, I think all of the things that you're doing um, go to address some of the issues that we're talking about, but I, I'd just love to hear what some of your thinking has been um, given that you are uh, the principal of an all-boys school serving black boys in the inner city. What are, what are your taking this as a learning experience? Because when these, when these young men come back to you, uh, whether it's going to be in August or September or later, uh, that some of these questions will still be in their minds about um, what happened during this time. Uh, what are some of the things that you're planning to to make connections for them about the preparation that you have right now, the things that you're doing for them, and the connection between what's happening and how you want them to be successful, not just in terms of making a lot of money or, or making good grades and just going to college. Because I say just going to college is just for me, you know, where you are now, a, a minimal expectation, but their real contribution post-college, their world, their their adult contribution. What what are some of your thoughts about how you plan to address these young men when you see them again? Um, so, uh, one, I'm going to see uh, a, a bunch of my boys uh, next week. We're going to, me and uh, our school founder and some of our staff, we're going to do uh, a mini graduation ceremony in every single last one of our eighth grade boys' houses. Um, mm. But uh, w- when I'm able to get them in 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 mass again, I think that uh, it, it it starts with um, probably how we started the first day of school last year. Um, you know, we, we we come in on these first day of schools, and you get so many schools that line kids up in these perfect lines and, you know, do all these drill and kill. Uh, and, and we started school a bit differently. Uh, we, we broke our boys up into these circles, and they went off with teachers and staff, and had, we just had a series of questions. This activity called Caring Student Voices. And we started school off by just making sure that from day one they knew that they had a voice, making sure that they knew that we see you, we hear you, we want to hear about your dreams, uh, and it's okay mm-hmm. to talk. It's okay to process. It's okay to be uh, mm. a black boy and not a grown man. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we unapologetically have those conversations, and I think, um, you know, just uh, back to an article uh, Dr. Derek Nelson, I think, uh, wrote just reimagining black boyhood, and we kind of went deep into that this year and just said, you know, black boys need a space uh, just to be. So I think we start with just giving them a space to be and giving them, uh, uh, empowering them to, to have a voice and use their voice from day one. Fourth grader, eighth grader, if you have something to say, like let's let's put it out there because you're you're important uh, from day one. Uh, I think mm-hmm. on on a uh, after kind of making sure that they understand that uh, they have a voice, and they understand that they have a right to be uh, a black boy, they have a right to just enjoy uh, uh, playing in the park. Um, we do. We do have real conversations about um, the the unfairness and the, some of the brutalities that uh, and and 
that, that black boys and black men face as soon as they start to sprout a little chin hair, as soon as their voice starts to deepen. And, you know, I have eighth graders that are six foot six, six foot seven, right? Uh, you know, and we, we <laughs> wow. have to have, yeah, <laughs> we get boys into some of the best schools. I, I, yeah, I, I have some, you know, some, some amazing kids. But, yeah, when you got a six foot six eighth grader, uh, like we, we have to have that conversation, that real conversation uh, with him that, you know, you, you're a playful boy, but people may not necessarily view you as that. So we want you to have spaces. We want to make sure that this space is a safe space for you and that you can absolutely be in this space. Be present and enjoy, laugh, giggle, and also play in this space. Yes, we're serious mm. about the academic side of school, but you got to have a space to laugh, giggle, and because immediately mm. when you leave campus, your guard has to go up. Uh, sure. You know, your, 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 fear, your fear meter has to go up as a as a black boy and a black man, immediately when you leave campus, uh, mm-hmm. I to, and I'm not just talking about the police. So I got to, I have to fear some idiot in my neighborhood with a gun or a knife. I have to, you know, fear my friend, you know, having an issue. I had to fear going to the store trying to buy some skittles. I got to fear neighborhood yeah, watching. I have to fear yeah. uh, policemen. So like, all of this fear and stress and anxiety, well, not here, right? So this is a safe space, right? And mm-hmm. this is a safe space to express yourself. So like. Just empowering, empowering them uh, and making sure that they know that they have a safe space to just be uh, uh, is, is, is a part of what I want to make sure that I instill. But then also just, just knowing that you have a larger uh, responsibility coming to your community, right? Uh, you, you, yes, we're going to work to close the education gap with you and the injury gap with you. So that you can, in turn, one of these days, come back and take my job, or take Dr. Perkins' job, or take. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just uh, was on a podcast with uh, Larry and Joku uh, other week. Take his job as a professional, uh, and 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 you are going to have to lead this charge, and you're mm-hmm. going to have to stand up uh, and know the difference between civil disobedience, a protest, and a riot. You're going to mm-hmm. have to stand up and, and be able to protest and have a voice and articulate yourself and make sure that people that can't articulate themselves in a way that you're, you are able to, based off of your education and training, still have that voice through you. So it's similar to them that you have this larger responsibility. It's not just about us pushing you to get a college degree. Uh, and then you go off and work in a lab, and you never connect with with your with with with, with your people, or you never uh, try and close uh, the many many injuries that you know form this injury gap that I'm. Maybe I need to write a book. But but like you have this larger responsibility that 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 that's on your that's on your shoulders. We're going to mm-hmm. invest and pour and pour into you. Uh, uh, but you don't pay. You don't. You don't owe me anything. Uh, you owe us all. Um, uh, you owe us all something. You owe us all uh, 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 an effort to push to make us all better. Uh, mm-hmm. And you know, I, I'm just gonna flat. I tell them, you know, getting mad. That this isn't gonna do you any good. Uh, action. Mm-hmm. Action is is what will do do you good. The pen is mightier than the sword, uh, mm-hmm. and you know to 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 make sure that uh, 
you you do something that that will help us build a better people and a better place and a better time. Excellent! Wow! And, that, and, your, and your debt is repaid. That, yes, that's all. That's all that I ask of our boys is that you do something. I, if you, if your something is writing a book, cool. If your something is standing standing in front of the White House with a with a closed fist and a sign that says "No more," cool. If your 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 something is opening a school, so be it. If your something is opening a a a, 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 a chain of grocery stores that uh, uh support uh, low income communities, so be it. But you do if your thing is Simply going to clean up, start a, a a club to clean up trash in West Baltimore. Cool. Do something that's going to help us build a better people, better place, and a better time. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Archer. I am so proud of you, um, the work that you're doing, and uh, so much more. Um, I know that people are going to say, uh, keep going, keep going. And they've asked, um, and we're already, to those of you out there saying that, we're already 15 minutes over our scheduled time. Um, but what I promise, um, Archie, what we're going to try to do is get back. Um, maybe I'll come and do a live broadcast from your school when we get up and on the ground, and we can hear from some of those young men. Um, so um, I, I am I'm just, just tickled to death for you, and I'm glad that you've done so much. Um, and so... Um, to the people who are out there have been listening um, until next time we want you to be with us uh, stay safe go well, stay well thanks again Archie thank you